You know that feeling when you've got no time? Well, in this week, lucky week number seven, I know that feel, bro. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees, but this time fueled in spirit because it is Monday evening at 9 p.m. And to do myself the biggest favor schedule-wise, I am recording the Week 7 episode, or what I like to call the Pressed for Time edition, of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL regular season and postseason. So since this is Monday at 9 p.m. Uh, Atlantic time, which means 8 p.m. Eastern, the Monday night game in week six has not even taken the field yet. So the, look, this is the week. This is the one week so far in this season where I have the what feels like the least amount of time because of a really front-loaded work schedule to actually produce the shows in a timely manner. So some sacrifices needed to be made, one of them being got to record this week's episode on Monday evening instead of its regular time slot on Tuesday. Tuesday. Does that mean you're going to see the episode any sooner? Probably not, but at the very least, I will have the biggest portion of the performance aspect taken care of early. So, obviously, none of my results are final, with the exception of my platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks, which are in the books. But as I stand right now, I'm 9-4 and four straight up. Uh, overall in week six, which has me 52 and 41 on the season. And against the spread and over under, I'm eight and five, both of them from last week. Probably what I would have to call my best week of the season. I obviously didn't go back and look specifically at my records, but given what my overall records on the season look like, I have to imagine this is probably hands down my best week, that being week six of the 2021 season. Eight and five against the spread, eight and five on the totals. Nine and four straight up. It's been a good week. So what we're actually going to do this week is this. So platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. We are going to talk about those. I'm not going to talk about the pools this week. I will update the pools in the comment section below of the YouTube video. So I will update that once obviously the week is done, once everything is taken care of. But as it stands right now, the week's not over, somebody else could win. So we're just not gonna talk about them verbally in the show this week. Once again, everything will be updated in the comments section below. But platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, boom, four and oh straight up and a really successful week, both against the spread and on the totals. Three and one against the spread. The only one I missed was the Bucks not covering minus seven against Philly. They won by six. C'est la vie, I lost it by a point. And three and one on the totals, like I said, the only one I missed was KC and Washington not going over the 55 and a half points because Washington could only muster 13 somehow against that Chiefs defense. But otherwise, again, four and oh straight up, three and one against the spread, three and one on the totals. Excellent week in those top picks as well. Like I said, we're going to skip the pools with the exception of the survival pool, the anti and co survival pool, where I took my first knockdown of the season because I took Carolina 
in that pool, and boy, they made it real interesting there towards the end of the game. Obviously could not hold on to win in overtime, so that is my first strike in that pool. There are 16 of 19 teams still alive in the survival pool. Nine of those teams have one strike, and one of those nine teams is yours truly. So obviously have to be very careful and can make no more mistakes from here on out. I gambled, I got bit. Once again, I'll update all the pool information in the comments below on the YouTube video. I will take a quick second to take a peek into Fantasy Corner, which is of course presented by my good friends at the Dynasty Trade Calculator. If you go down into the description of the video on YouTube, you are going to find my affiliate link, my referral link to go to the Dynasty Trade Calculator and for as little as $3, gain access to the absolute best, as far as I'm concerned, the best resource for Dynasty, Keeper, and long-term fantasy football. You're going to find trade evaluations, you're going to find podcasts, you are going to find player rankings, does not matter the configuration of your league or how your commissioner set things up, you can find the answers that you are looking for to your dynasty and long-term fantasy football questions. I've got the championship that proves that the dynasty trade calculator works. Again, hit my referral link for as little as $3, gain access to this incredible tool. Right now, I'm only sitting at two and three. There is one match. Matchup that is kind of still in doubt in terms of whether I might hold on to win it or whether it might lose. And best ball, my two best ball teams have actually moved up to fourth and sixth overall on the season. So my two best ball teams definitely showed some improvement last week. We enjoy seeing that. Let's hope I can get that record evened up to three and three in fantasy on the year. In the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football League, picking up my second loss of the season to the SDMT Fightin' 7. And in the Progs League, my fifth loss of the year. This one to the Capitol Hill Jackalopes. They are having a very good season. So I'm down to 1-5 and five in that pool. Both of my matchups in Week 7, both against Gavin and the Bad Luck Cats in the... Uh, Dynasty League and the Progs League, respectively. They're matchups that are currently too close to call. I think I'm a slight favorite in both of them, but honestly, they're really, really close matchups, and obviously a lot will change before these uh, matchups actually take to the field. So right now, I will just wish them the second best of luck. And I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the video on YouTube or the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you can find all of my results from, I should say, the week that is still underway in week six, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays in week seven in the NFL, information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest, Half Moons Against the Spread, as well as the Ante and Coast straight up pick'em pools for the year. You will normally get yourself shouted out on the show. Unfortunately, the schedule is what it is this week. You will find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page and information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. So where it is 10 after 9 in the evening and I would like to sleep this evening, I'm not actually enjoying a cup of my favorite tea from Nerd Tees this evening, but I do want to remind you, nerdtees.ca, my promo code is BWFINEST, going to save your 15%, going to get your free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks, and while you're still listening, there's some really interesting stuff coming down the pipe in Nerd Tees. Look, I will give you more information when I've got more information to give you, but there's some really cool Christmas-related stuff that I know the folks at Nerd Tees are working hard at, and I can't wait to talk to you more about it.
nerdtees.ca. My promo code is BWFinest. You're going to save 15% on your order with that promo code. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over 100 bucks. You're going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar. Find yourself something to love. Find someone you love something to love. And some really cool new stuff as well. You can do it at nerdtees.ca. So, obviously, as you can tell, it is going to be a really quick episode this week. I mean, there's only 13 games to talk about. It will be the smallest week of the season. Of note, the rule of four is at risk tonight. If Tennessee does not pull the upset tonight against Buffalo, the rule of four will fail to hit for the first time all season. We can't possibly have that, so Tennessee's probably going to get the win tonight. But... Without knowing the results of that, let's careen recklessly here into Week 7. We're going to kick things off with the Thursday night game in Cleveland. The Browns taking on the Broncos. And this is two teams in the context of the AFC playoff picture. The Broncos started the season real hot. They're only even money right now at 3-3. Three and three. Browns are also 3-3. Three and three. Browns are losers of two straight Broncos losers of three straight. So somebody's got to snap their respective slides here. Cleveland, there's a ton going against Cleveland in this game. There's a bit going against both teams, but oh my God, I don't think there's a less healthy team in the NFL right now than the Cleveland Browns because reading off their injury report is like reading off uh, uh, the beginnings of a Pro Bowl roster. So Kareem Hunt Injuring his calf late in that game last week. He's going to be out three to six weeks. But thankfully, as someone who owns like a 67% share in Kareem Hunt across all of my fantasy football teams, it's not Achilles related. That was the scare right up front was like, oh my God, he just tore his Achilles. He's going to be done until the middle of next season. Luckily, that doesn't seem to be the case. I would expect him to probably land on IR here in the coming days. He's going to miss at least three weeks, but probably more. Baker Mayfield re-injuring his left shoulder. A labral tear was what he was dealing with. He's currently planning on playing through it, but he talked to the media after the game yesterday with his arm in a full-blown sling. So, look... It's a way you endear yourself to a fan base, and I get that from a betting perspective. It's poison. And on the defensive side, Jeremiah Owuzu-Koromoa, a prospect that if you watched my mock drafts, you know I love JOK. He injured his ankle. He's going to be out multiple weeks. Coach Stefanski mentioned that after, um, I actually mentioned that earlier this afternoon. On Denver's side, bad news as well on the defensive side. Alexander Johnson in their linebacking core, he tore his pec. He is done for the season, having an excellent season through the first month and a half. Unfortunate for a player like that to have to miss the rest of the season. Hopefully he comes back better than ever. So injury concerns on both sidelines here. I just, I can't trust Cleveland. I have no idea what the run game is going to look like. They're playing a really good defense, even though they're going to be down one of their better linebackers. I just don't, I don't know. This smells like upset to me. It reeks of upset, in fact. That's the way I'm going to go. I'm going to take the Broncos here in the upset to go into Cleveland, get the win over the Browns. Who knows what that offense is going to look like, but let's take the Broncos. On the line, Denver is a three and a half point dog on the road in Cleveland. I like him to win outright. Give me the three and a half points. Total in the game set at 43. I think that's still just too low of a total for me to sweat. So I think we're going to go over on that, despite the fact that these are two good defenses. 
I think this like just barely crawls over. Let's go over 43 points in Denver, Cleveland. Broncos 23, Browns 21. Let's go to Green Bay now, Packers and football team. Green Bay controlling the football very well in their games over the last few weeks, and they've really put that week one stinker behind them. This is now officially one of the best teams in the NFL once again, which is where I would hope most people would have expected them to be with Aaron Rodgers. Five and one are the Packers, winners of five straight. The Washington football team, losers of two straight, but still sitting as second in that division at two and four. Packers now two full games clear of both the Vikings and the Bears in the NFC North. For a few fleeting moments there, it looked like the Washington football team's defense was back and back in a big way. They were causing all kinds of problems for Patrick Mahomes, and then the second half happened, and all of those concerns completely flittered away, and they looked like the team that they've looked like all season long. Can't trust the offense, can't trust the defense anymore. This should be Packers in a walk. Let's take Green Bay at home, mind you, Green Bay over Washington. Packers laying nine and a half points as a home favorite here. I think this is a firm two possession game. Packers are not only five and one straight up, but they're five and one against the spread. Washington has only covered one spread in six attempts. Let's lay the nine and a half points on the Packers. Total in the game set at 49. Packers defense has been really good this year, but I do think this goes over. I got the Packers in the mid thirties. So let's go over 49 points. In Washington, Green Bay, Packers 34, football team 20. Let's go to Tennessee now, where this will obviously be the most difficult game to cap because one of the teams in this game is yet to, like, just barely taking the field right now to play their game in week six. So you've got Tennessee at home taking on Kansas City. Obviously, they're going to be on the short week here, having played on Monday. Pending what happens in the game tonight, the Titans are still uh, subpar, I would say, in terms of protecting the football. They've had a number of giveaways this year, their defense not generating a ton of their own. But let's not be fooled here, folks, by the tail end of that Kansas City game against Washington. They were playing a bad football team and came back on them and pounded them in the second half. They shouldn't get a ton of credit for that, and it's going to skew their numbers. This Kansas City team is not as good as it was last year, and one game against Washington really doesn't change that for me. This is a Chiefs team that is not only on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games, even though that has been relatively favorable for teams so far this year. Of course, Buffalo is going to be one of those teams tonight, so we'll see what happens happens there not only are they that they're one of if not the absolute worst ball control teams in the NFL right now Patrick Mahomes not playing in general like Patrick Mahomes the numbers look really pretty but the numbers do not tell the entirety of the story like the passing yard numbers I mean really does not tell the full story on Patrick Mahomes this year I'm going to take the Titans in the upset here. This feels like a game that Tennessee shouldn't win, which is exactly the kind of game that Tennessee wins. So I'm actually going to take the Titans here in the upset. Consider me, color me if you will, not impressed and not a believer in the Chiefs in 2021. Maybe they stick it in my face, but I'm going to take the Titans in the upset. 
On the line, Titans are taking four and a half points as a home dog. I got them winning the game outright. The Chiefs are only two and four against the spread this year, so this might not be the world's worst hedge one way or the other, but I'm going to take the four and a half points because I like the Titans to win outright. Total in the game set at 56. This is going to be obviously exceptionally close because these are two offenses that can pile on points, even though Ryan Tannehill not playing like I would have expected Ryan Tannehill to play. Um, I'm going to take the under here. It's the biggest number of the week. I'm just going to stick under on this one. I just don't have a good feeling about that as a number. So under 56 points in Tennessee, Kansas City. Let's go Titans 28, Chiefs 27, Titans with the upset. And this is, of course, where Derrick Henry will go out and blow out his knee tonight and completely throw that all out of whack. This really should go without saying, but if something really seismic happens in the game tonight, I do reserve the right to change this pick. Let's go to Miami now, Dolphins and Falcons. Miami went all the way to London to lose to Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars, 23-20 to last week. I knew that Jacksonville was going to win that game. I just, it's their second home across the pond and uh, something just told me. And this Dolphins team, is this the worst team in football right now? Are the Dolphins legitimately worse than the Jags are? I think that's an interesting question. I would be really interested to hear you sound off about that in the comment section. Are the Dolphins the worst team in the NFL right now? They do get to play at home, but they're going to play a well-rested Atlanta Falcons team that while they've struggled with ball control this year, they're going to get arguably their biggest weapon back. Calvin Ridley, who's been away from the team for a while, is going to be back in that offense, which means that offense will be going full board or at least should be going full board. I like the Falcons here because, my God, how could you bet with the Dolphins right now unless they were at home playing the Jags? If the Dolphins and the Jags played each other every week, just take the home team every week or take whoever the underdog is every week. I'm going to take the Falcons here because, again, their offense is going to be back to 100%, and I think they'll be able to pile on points. I don't think Miami keeps up. Let's take the Falcons. On the line, uh, the Dolphins are getting two and a half points as a home dog. It's not a great amount of points for them. It's a small price to pay. I like the Falcons to win. Miami's only two and four against the spread this year. Let's lay those points on Atlanta. Take Atlanta minus two and a half. Total in the game set at 47 and a half points. I don't trust Miami's defense at all. Don't really trust Atlanta's either, to be honest. So let's take the over in this one. Over 47 and a half points in Atlanta, Miami. The one thing I do like about the Dolphins, I like that Jalen Waddell is getting a lot of looks these last couple of weeks. Let's take Falcons 30, Dolphins 23. Let's go to an AFC East battle here, Patriots and Jets. And if you take a look at the context of the AFC East, obviously this is Buffalo's division to lose. A full two and a half games up right now on the Patriots who sit at two and four on the year. Jets at one and four on the year, having scored 67 points in five games, which means this offense stinks. They're going to be well-rested because they're coming off the bye, but they're one of the worst ball control teams in the league. Patriots not exactly doing the greatest job controlling the ball either, and they're coming off of a loss in a game that I think a lot of people thought the Patriots were going to win. But look, they've obviously they've struggled. Like there's no there's no two ways about it, and they've struggled at home. The Patriots have not won a game in their own building yet this year. They are 0-4. All four 
of New England's losses have come at home. Do I think that means the Jets are going to go into Gillette Stadium and beat them? No, I do not. Um, eventually, Bill Belichick is going to get his team all pulling in the same direction because that's just the way Bill Belichick is. It's either that or they're going to blow the whole thing up. And I just don't see them blowing the whole thing up right now. So I'm going to take the Patriots here. Feels like a smash spot for them. So let's take New England to beat the Jets. On the line, Patriots are laying seven points at home, which is a nasty number to have to lay. The Jets are only one and four against the spread this year. Not that the Patriots are killing it, but the Jets are only one and four. I don't think I can lay those points on the Patriots, though. I think I got to take the points on the Jets because who knows, maybe they do come up and win this game. Seven just feels like too many to lay on a team like the Patriots and the way they've played at home so far this year. Let's take the seven points with the Jets. Total in the game set at 42 and a half, which I believe is the smallest total of the week to this point. In fact, it is. I'm still going to stick under on it because what are these two offenses? They're really not much of anything either way. And at the very least, I know the Patriots can play some defense over the last four weeks. Oh, they're giving up 26 points. But, I mean, the Jets are giving up. Where are the Jets? Jets are also giving up 26. Oh, boy. Now, I'm going to my my gut instinct was under. I'm going to stick with my gut instinct. We're going to stay under the smallest total of the week of 42 and a half points in New York, New England. Let's go Patriots 23, Jets 17. Patriots win, Jets cover against the spread. Let's go to New York now. Giants going to play host to the Carolina Panthers. Again, Carolina in that cardiac game last week where they came back from what felt like an insurmountable late uh, late uh, deficit and at least got that game to overtime. It was really exciting, but you know didn't end up uh, on the plus side for the Panthers or for my survival team. The Giants are like the walking wounded. They're kind of like Cleveland in a way, although it's not nearly as bad, but of critical importance for the Jets this week. Wide receiver Kadarius Toney, he injured his ankle late in their game last week. No update on him, but it seems likely he's probably going to sit. I believe the Giants have their bye coming up fairly soon, if memory serves me. So I imagine we probably won't see him again for at least a couple of weeks. And on the offensive line, Andrew Thomas, he also injured his ankle. There's also no official update on him, but he's having a good season. If he's not out there, that Panthers pass rush, I think, is going to get home on young Mr. Daniel Jones. Despite the fact that Carolina's not really controlling the ball overly well, I think this is going to be a Chuba Hubbard game all over the place. I think he runs all over the Giants in this one. Let's take Carolina on the road to beat the Giants. On the line, Giants are getting three points as a home dog. Uh, Giants are only two and four against the spread this year. It just doesn't feel like a number that's scary at all to lay. So I'm going to lay the three points on Carolina on the road. Total in the game set at 43. I think it's just too low for me to sweat an under in this one. I think Carolina's offense, once again, is going to play very well. So let's take the over on the 43 points in Carolina, New York. Let's go Panthers 28, Giants 17. Let's go to Baltimore, Ravens and Bengals. Bengals on the tail end of back-to-back -back road games. 
All of a sudden, this is like one of the marquee games of the week. Baltimore leading the AFC North at 5-1. and one. The Cincinnati Bengals are 4-2 and two in their first six games. I knew the Bengals were going to win some games. I didn't know they were going to win this many this quickly. But color me incredibly impressed by Joe Burrow and this football team top to bottom, especially the defense. Like, the offense leaves a little to be desired. This Bengals defense is for real. Now, Baltimore showed last week they've got a defense that's also for real. What an incredible performance by the Ravens just all across the board, the offense, the defense last week. Now, the Ravens did what they did to a really good team in the Los Angeles Chargers last week. I, of course, took the Chargers to win that game. You know, Cincinnati's opposition wasn't exactly on the same caliber. They were in Detroit taking on the Lions, a game that they won relatively handily. So obviously Baltimore is the one that's more battle-tested here against the better competition. I know at least one person who's really not going to be happy with this. I like the Cincinnati Bengals in the upset here. This is the upset of the week for sure. I like the Bengals' division game. Anything can happen. The Bengals are again, have been spending the first six weeks of the season facing a lot of, yeah, but it's the Bengals. And they've had a couple of moments where you start looking at them and like, oh boy, yeah, but it is kind of the Bengals. And this is to take nothing away from what the Ravens have done this year. Look, the Ravens have made me a believer in them. I'm just saying, division game, weird things happen. I think a weird thing happens this week. I've got the Bengals on the road into Baltimore beating the Ravens. On the line, Cincinnati taking six and a half points here as a road dog. I like him to win outright. Give me the six and a half points. Total in the game set at 47. I think the defenses are the ones that are going to really come to play in this football game. Give me the under on the 47 points in Baltimore, Cincinnati. Bengals 23, Ravens 21, upset city in Baltimore. Let's go to Vegas now. Raiders taking on the Eagles. The Eagles with the benefit of the long week, having played on Thursday night this past week. And again, putting up a big fight against a really good Tampa Bay team. At least, you know, Philadelphia covered the spread there as, you know, a full touchdown underdog, I believe it was. The Raiders got the win last week. They're 4-2. and two. They're tied for the lead in the AFC West. And yet I still don't know what they are. They made really good use of Kenyon Drake last week, and I still don't know what they are. Had a long Henry Ruggs touchdown, and I still don't know what they are. It's it's a it's they're a very tough team for me to gauge. One of the tougher teams in the league. What I can say about the Raiders, they're doing a good job controlling the football, and I'm really not a believer in the Eagles. This is as much a pick against the Eagles who lost last week as it is a pick for the Raiders. I got to take Vegas here, especially where the game's in Vegas. They just have a different atmosphere in there right now. So I think that home field advantage is what propels them to a victory here. I don't believe... Now the Eagles have won two of their three road games. So it's not like they can't win on the road. Ah, second-guessing myself, I don't have time for that this week. Give me the Raiders at home to beat the Eagles. 
On the line, the Raiders are laying three points as a home favorite. I like them to win. It's a small price to pay. Let's lay the three points right along with them. Total in the game set at 48 and a half. This is a really close total that I really could have gone either way on. I'm going to stick under on it. It just feels a couple points too high for me. So let's stick under 48 and a half points in Philly, Vegas. Let's go Raiders 27, Eagles 21, and the last game we're going to look at is the San Francisco 49ers coming off of their bye week to, uh, playing host to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts were winners last week and Carson Wentz looked probably about as good as he's looked all season. I know a couple of uh, professional sports writers who were talking about him looking the way he did a few years back when everybody was looking at him as, you know, potentially the future of the league or among the future of the league. Obviously, he has fallen off a good deal since then, but I thought he looked good last week. A lot of other people seem to think he looked good last week. And the Niners, while they are going to be well-rested, obviously, coming off the bye, one of the absolute worst ball control teams in the NFL, now taking on one of the absolute best ball control teams. They're back to being one of the best ball control teams after last week in the NFL. That's a significant advantage, and it is a big advantage on the side of the ledger of the Indianapolis Colts, and it should not be discounted. Niners have not won a game in their own building so far this year. I think that trend continues. I'm going to take the Colts here. It's an upset play. The Niners are the favorites. I'm going to take the Colts on the road in San Francisco to beat the Niners. On the line, like I mentioned, uh, Niners laying three and a half points as a home favorite. I like the Colts to win outright. Colts are four and two against the spread. Niners also only one and four. So they've only covered their spread, whatever their spread may be, one time this year. So let's take the Colts plus the three and a half. I like them to win outright. Total in the game set at 45 points. Think this is relatively close within a field goal, but we're going to take the over on this one. Let's go over 45 points in San Francisco, Indianapolis. Colts 28, Niners 20. Lucky me, the deep freeze in the background just kicked back off because I am down in my basement because it is 9.30 at night. Uh, actually, 25 minutes to 10 locally for those of you who are keeping score. Let's go to our platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for lucky week number seven in the NFL 2021. We're going to start with the bronze pick, which is still unbeaten, both straight up and against the spread. Perfect 6-0 and record on this pick and 4-2 and on the total. So the bronze pick continuing to pay off on the season. And in my bronze pick, the Seattle Seahawks are going to be back home playing host to the New Orleans. Saints. Now, New Orleans coming in off of their bye, one of the best ball control teams in the NFL. Seattle dealing with an injury, but look, Seattle uh, did kind of impress me in the late game last night. I didn't get to watch the late game last night, but I did pick up the highlights. I see they only lost the game by three. Game went into overtime. I think that's probably better than what the general acceptance of uh, what might happen. I think they've a lot of people probably felt that Seattle was not going to win that game against Pittsburgh and the fact that they made it that close, it's a feather in the cap of Geno Smith, but he ain't Russell Wilson. And when you don't have Russell Wilson, all the problems for the Seattle Seahawks get magnified. Now, if they get Chris Carson back, that's one of the problems that will be 
less magnified. They'll have a bit more of a run game, one would expect. But as I mentioned, injury situation, and it's on their defensive line. Defensive end Daryl Taylor, obviously he had a bit of a scary situation in that game. He gets stretchered out in that game with a neck injury. The preliminary reports seem good. He was moving all of his extremities. So obviously we send our absolute best to Daryl Taylor in his recovery. Uh, That does certainly hurt the Seahawks defensive line. Uh, Taylor's having himself a pretty darn good season. And I just think there's a few too many things kind of going against the Seahawks here. Seattle has not won a game at home this year, being 0-2. I think we got to take the Saints in this one. Let's take New Orleans on the road in Seattle to beat the Seahawks. Now, on the line, the Saints are laying five points as a road favorite, which seems like a greasy line for a lot of people to take. I, however, am going to lay those points. So far, the Saints on the year, they don't have an overly impressive ATS record. I believe they're two and one or three and two. They'd be three and two. They are plus 5.9 points to the spread so far this year. So whatever the spread is, on average, the Saints are beating it by six points. What that means is sometimes they're beating it big, sometimes they're losing to it big, but they're in general beating it a lot bigger than they're losing it. And plus 5.9 points is enough to cover this number at minus five. So we're relying on the math here a little bit, but I'm going to lay the five points on New Orleans. Total in the game set at 43 and a half points. Too low of a number for me to sweat. I think we're going to go over 43 and a half, especially with the possibility. Who knows? We might see Michael Thomas this week. Wouldn't that be interesting? Over 43 and a half points in New Orleans, Seattle. So we're going to take Saints straight up. We're laying the five points on New Orleans in a game that goes over 43 and a half. That is my bronze pick. Saints 31. Seahawks 23. My silver pick where I am 6-0 straight up, only 2-4 against the spread, but now even money, 3-3 on the total, sees the Los Angeles Rams at home playing host to the Detroit Lions. Do I have to say much more about this one? Matthew Stafford taking on his old team in the friendly confines in LA, obviously Detroit So far this year is a bad football team. They have not won a game yet this year. They've scored 109 points only in six games. The offense isn't good. The defense isn't good. They've given up 172, which is far and away the worst in that division and among the worst in the NFC. I don't think the Rams are going to have any problem here piling on the points to the Lions. Could see a garbage time touchdown or two maybe even in this game, but look, Rams all day. Obviously, we're on LA here. However, against the spread, this is a big number. It's 15 and a half points for the Rams. Rams are four and two against the spread so far this year. I think that's just in this game, obviously, as emotional as it's going to be. I just, I don't know. There's something about that number that I don't like. And I'm going to play it safe here and take the points. I'm going to take the 15 and a half on Detroit. I think it's going to be relatively close, but I think I'm going to take the 15 and a half. Just feels like too many. Total in the game set at 50 points. I think this should go over. We'll be relatively close within a field goal either way. Last scoring play of the game, I think, sends this one over. Over 50 points in Detroit, L.A. 
Rams straight up, but we're hedging our bets taking Detroit plus 15 and a half against the spread in a game that goes over 50 points. That is the silver pick. Let's go Rams 31, Lions 21. Backdoor cover for Detroit. My gold pick, where I'm 5-1 straight up, even money, 3-3 three and three against the spread, and only 2-4 and four on the total, so we're looking to improve that, obviously. We have the Arizona Cardinals at home taking on the Houston Texans. Houston on the tail end of back-to-back road games in this one, struggling controlling the football this year, which is something that Arizona is not struggling with at all. Obviously, the Cardinals have struggled with very little this year, as they are the only team still currently currently sitting with an undefeated record. And I just don't think the Houston Texans are the team to go into Arizona and break that unbeaten record. Forgive me if I am not of the mind that that is a thing that will happen. So Arizona wins this thing for sure. I've got this as a solid three possession game, which means I'm laying the 17 points against the spread, which is gross absolutely disgusting but look what's three possessions it's 21 points if you're going by touchdowns 24 points if you're going by fully converted touchdowns so i'm i'm okay laying the 17 as disgusting as it is i'm gonna lay the 17 in this scenario also certainly helps that arizona has covered the spread five of six games this year Total in the game set at 47 and a half points. I don't think this should have any trouble getting over the 47 and a half. It's not going to fly over, but this is a pretty solid over for me. So over 47 and a half points in Arizona, Houston. Cards straight up. We're laying the 17 points with Arizona at home in a game that goes over 47 and a half points. That is the gold pick. Cards 37, Houston 13. And the platinum pick, five and one straight up and even money, both against the spread and on the over-under sees Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks with the benefit of the long week, controlling the football very well on the year, taking on the Chicago Bears. Now, for the Bears, they're even money at three and three. They did lose last week. This is a good football team. This is by no means is this a bad football team. And look, this is a team I'm not supposed to like. They're in my division. I'm not supposed to like them. Their offense has struggled. The defensive numbers don't look like the overall numbers don't look great, but they're giving up fewer points on the year than the Packers, who I consider to be a pretty good defense. This Bears defense can play some football. No question about it. But the Bucks offense can really play some football. And look... Tom Brady, as much as everybody can say about him, yes, the Bucs have won three straight. They're undefeated at home this year. It's going to be a gargantuan task for Justin Fields and that team to go into Tampa Bay and beat the Bucs. I just don't see it happening, especially not a well-rested Bucs team having had the extra couple of days. We're obviously taking Tampa Bay here at home to beat Chicago. That being said, they're going to beat them, and they're going to beat them comfortably, but I don't think they're going to cover the spread. Tampa's a 13.5-point favorite in this game, laying 13.5. I'm taking the 13.5 on the Bears because, while I think, obviously, Tampa's run defense is dominant, overall, I think the Bears have a better defense than Tampa does. 
And I think the Bears can keep this game close. And I think the Bears can backdoor cover. For as good as the Bucks are, they're only 2-4 and four against the spread this year. So they're not against the spread Giants by any means. I'm going to take the 13.5 points. Tampa Bay has not proven to me in an against the spread context that they're worth laying the 13 and a half points on. Maybe they prove me wrong. Maybe every single team proves me wrong. Maybe I go 0 and 13 against the spread this week. It's entirely possible. It is on the table. However, I am going to take Chicago total in the game set at 47 points. I think this stays under because again, uh, look, you got a Chicago team that's without their top running back. They might get Tariq Cohen back this week. And I've really liked what I've seen from Khalil Herbert. He has played a, exceptionally well. I wish I had held on to him in a league or two where I grabbed him as a sleeper. Um, didn't do that, and it uh, wasn't a smart move on my part. But look, they don't have David Montgomery. If they have Tariq Cohen back, he is definitely a weapon. Well, you know, whether he plays this week obviously is a question mark, but it's just too many points for me. So we're going to take the 13 and a half, and I think it stays under. I think we got a lower scoring, little bit of a lower scoring game on our hands, under 47 points in Chicago, Tampa. So we're going to go Bucks straight up, but we're hedging our bets, taking the 13 and a half points with the Chicago Bears in a game that stays under 47 points. That is the platinum pick. We're going to go Bucks 28, Bears 17. The lightning round is concluded, ladies and gentlemen. Those are your picks in the week seven episode. It is time now for the patented comment of the week before I get out of here. The comment of the week from the week six episode is going to go to a comment that may well wind up being right. Who knows? Because the game is currently being played right now. It might end up being right. The comment of the week goes to Andrew Warren. And if you don't watch his NFL show, you absolutely should be watching his NFL show. Andrew Warren's comment from the week six episode goes like this. Great picks, Justin. If there is a game Buffalo will have a hard time with, it's Tennessee. I think Tennessee will upset Buffalo and Derrick Henry will run Buffalo's defense all night. Tennessee may not have the best defense. However, if they're finally going to step up, this game is it. I'm counting on a tough football game to watch. We'll see how it plays out. Good luck this week, buddy. Let's hope we get a second straight double-digit win this week. Well, I'm close. Buffalo's going to have to win for me to get double digits straight up. But man, I did well across the board. Andrew, I hope you did too. And while we're here just finishing the comment of the week, why don't we pull up a live score of Bill's Titans... Let's see. The game is currently 3-0 for Buffalo. 2.15 left in the first quarter. Titans have the ball at their own 37-yard line, second and seven. So obviously, we're still very early in this football game. You may still wind up being right, Andrew, but yours is the comment of the week from the Week 6 episode, one way or the other. Week seven, folks, it's in the books. Obviously, the, probably the fastest will be the shortest episode, almost certainly, of the season. And for those of you who enjoy long episodes, my apologies. But again, the schedule was kind of fighting me this week, so I had to do what I had to do in order to fight back. Hopefully, the schedule will be a little more forgiving next week. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always and in spirit this week by my great friends at Nerd Tees. Enjoy the games in week seven. I hope you're currently enjoying the Monday Nighter. We will see you again for week eight. Viewership was a little low last week. Let's see if we can pick it back up with a quicker episode. Peace, everybody. Enjoy the games.